0: Lily Riddle Narcotics Emporium presents Lily and the Art of Being Sisyphus By the Carnivorous Muffin Read by San Gabriel Based on the works of J.K. Rowling Chapter 6 The Great Conspiracy It was on her sixth birthday, a monumental event for Dudley whenever his occurred, but a non-existent one for Lily, that Lily finally decided to visit Diagon Alley. Is this it? Needless to say, Lily wasn't as impressed as Wizard Lennon wanted her to be. Normally, she would never have given in to Wizard Lennon's demands. She was an expert at not giving in to Wizard Lennon's demands. It was practically all she did. He would always get grumpy about it, throw a giant rage fit about it if it happened enough times in a row, but he knew and she knew that there wasn't really much he could do about it. He was freeloading in her brain, and that came with a price. Turned out there was no such thing as free freeloading. She supposed the start of the events that brought her to Diagon Alley began after the operant conditioning disaster, as Wizard Lennon had later coined it, which had nearly burned down No. 4 Privet Drive. Dr. Mitchell turned out to be a halfway decent psychologist and a nice guy, considering he had no idea what was actually going on in Lily's life. She decided that if they were trapped on a desert island together without hope of rescue, then Lily wouldn't immediately resort to cannibalism. So the week after the operant conditioning disaster, he'd still been talking to her about her feelings that might have triggered the event and the attention she received afterwards. In spite of Aunt Petunia's very clear instructions on what she was absolutely never allowed to tell Dr. Mitchell ever, which included her residency in the cupboard, her bouts of starvation, and half of what Uncle Vernon ever told her, she must have let something slip because by the end of the session, Dr. Mitchell had a very pensive and concerned expression on his face. He finally said at the end of their session, Ellie, I think it's best that we had a meeting with your relatives included as well. I think there are things that should be discussed with your guardians present. Needless to say, the Dursleys weren't pleased by that development. It had taken several phone calls, several attempts at putting Lily back in the cupboard, several rings of the gong of death to convince Uncle Vernon that it was a terrible idea to put Lily back in the cupboard, and several frustrated thoughts from Wizard Lennon just telling her to leave already, because— God damn it, even orphanages were better than this shit! — to get Uncle Vernon, Aunt Petunia, and herself into that office together. Even then, it hadn't exactly been easy going. There had been a lot of accusations on Aunt Petunia's end about her breaking their agreement and babbling to Dr. Mitchell about certain things, and Uncle Vernon had been very upset that he was involved with this at all. Like Wizard Lennon, he was grumbling on consistent intervals that Lily should be shoved into an orphanage where she belonged, and she could see how she liked it there. Wizard Lennon did not appreciate the comparison to him and Uncle Vernon— "'even if it was completely valid. "'The meeting itself was slightly more interesting. "'So, I'm glad we could all come together today. "'I realize that there were some scheduling conflicts on your end, Mr. Dursley, "'but I believe it was best if we all met at the same time.' "'Dr. Mitchell's hands were clasped together as he surveyed his audience. "'The bulging Vernon Dursley, who was practically bursting out of his suit, "'the rake-thin at Petunia, wearing clothing that looked as if it was trying to be expensive, "'but was clearly bought in a common department store.' And Lily dressed in her usual second-hand clothes from Dudley, being much too large and sporting several prominent stains. Uncle Vernon grumbled something, while Aunt petunia gave a smile that was almost painful to watch it was so tight in fact, Lily thought to herself, she'd never really seen Aunt petunia smile anywhere, so she'd probably forgotten how to do it properly. Things might have gone well enough. Wizard Lennon would later reflect to Lily if Uncle Vernon hadn't been the first one to speak. What's the girl done now, Doctor? Uncle Vernon asked, crossing his arms and looking very much in a hurry to get out of the office. Dr. Mitchell blinked and looked at Lily, who was looking back with a somewhat pitying expression. She had warned him the last time that this meeting would be far from pleasant. He hadn't listened at the time, and now he was getting what he paid for. "'I'm sorry?' he asked and then continued. "'Oh, no, I didn't call you here because Ellie's done anything wrong in particular. I just would like to talk about our current situation.' "'What about our situation?' Epitone said sharply, the smile dropping. "'Oh, dear,' Wizard Lennon commented dryly in the background, watching the events with what could only be described as laziness, "'It appears your dear aunt suspects you of tattling about your abusive situation. Let's see how she handles this little scenario.'" At this point, feeling he couldn't badger Lily or manipulate her into allowing him access to the mortal plane by proxy, Wizard Lennon had taken to commentating the day's event in the same manner as he would a poorly written soap opera. She could just picture him in her head lounging in front of a grainy television screen that supplied the picture of the therapist's office eating popcorn and looking horrifically bored with poachers of regular Lenin, Stalin, and Mao lining the walls in the background. She had the feeling that he resented that image, but was too tired and bored to do anything about it. Dr. Mitchell blinked, perhaps surprised by the harshness evident in Ampatunia's tone. He took a second to gather himself before responding. "'Well, Mrs. Dursley, I'm sure it's extremely evident that your niece, Ellie, is quite intelligent. Intelligent might be the wrong word, even gifted is closer. Normally I'd suggest playing a more active role in Ellie's education and getting her to connect to her peers, but I'm afraid that at this stage, Ellie simply won't be able to connect to other children, especially in an educational context. That seemed to throw both Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia for a loop as they stared blankly back at the good doctor. Uncle Vernon finally interrupted with a great harumph, "'Gifted? Now, I know you went to some bigwig university, but listen here, my man. There's nothing gifted about this girl. Dumber than rocks she is.' "'You must be choking,' Dr. Mitchell muttered. "'I did the tests for official reasons, but even listening to her talk you can tell.' "'Never talk normal. Not like our boy Dudley. Even in the beginning she'd on like this and that, never saying anything at all. She just says all that to make you think she's smart, but we Dursley's no better. She's got the wool over your eyes.' Dr. Mitchell just stared back at Uncle Vernon blankly before continuing like he hadn't spoken in the first place. I would suggest you move Ellie to a gifted school, or at the very least a gifted academic program, and enroll her in outside activities where she can connect with peers in a context that's not about academic achievement. I would also suggest spending more time with her. She has some rather bizarre ideas about her role in the family, I suppose is what i call it. "'Instead of Uncle Vernon, it was a panicky-looking Aunt Petunia "'who stepped up to the plate this time. "'What kind of ideas? What nonsense has she been telling you?' "'Then Aunt Petunia's cracked, strained-looking smile appeared. "'She's just full of ideas, I tell you, just like my sister was. "'Her imagination just runs away with her sometimes.' "'What do you think that's about?' "'The asked was at Lenin, while everyone else was distracted. "'Well, you did tell him that you're the family's indentured servant, "'and that they're charging you interest.' Of course, Petunia Dursley might be thinking that you told him about the amount of time you spend locked in a cupboard, or the fact that you're starved at regular intervals as punishment for what they consider bad behavior. She must have thought long and hard about sending you here in the first place. Vernon certainly didn't think too much about it. But I suppose that last suicide attempt in Mrs. Figg's yard left her no choice. Wizarding commented dryly in a tone, one usually reserved for going over presentations. At the end he added a side comment, You know, in spite of all our differences, I will say that you do manage to make your life quite interesting, Lily. Only you could manage to cause this sort of madness before the age of six. Ellie? Suddenly, everyone was looking at her. She blinked and looked around, surveying the range of expressions from worry on Dr. Mitchell's face, anxiety on Aunt Petunia's, and vague annoyance on Uncle Vernon's. Oh, sorry, space for a moment. They were talking about She actually couldn't remember, as she had been more focused on watching everyone's reaction and giving Wizard Lennon his dues. Ever since Wizard Lennon had made his presence in her brain known, it had been hard to focus on things in the physical plane like Dudley, or Uncle Vernon, or Aunt Petunia, or even Mrs. Figg's cats, who should always be watched for signs of suspicious activity. She didn't want to say the word real, because with every day that passed, her convictions were growing stronger that reality was nothing more than a highly sophisticated, if somewhat glitchy, program that was slowly but surely falling apart as maintenance had not been done in millennia. Besides that, the people there hardly warranted attention anyway. Usually there wasn't a need to focus on who said what when, because the Dursleys usually ran on a loop of sorts. She'd noticed the pattern since she was three, and Lily was deemed responsible enough to begin some of her duties as an indentured servant, because if a freak can talk like a dictionary at that age, she can certainly clean an house and make herself useful. Aunt Petunia had a spark of originality every once in a while, and Dudley was slowly but surely learning to communicate with more than five words at a time, but Uncle Vernon seemed to be stuck on the thought of sending her to the orphanage and stopping the freaky business. Not that Lily ever learned specifically what the freaky business was. As far as she could figure out, it had partly to do with her talking, and the other part had to do with the glitches. Well, there was no point in paying attention. "'We were discussing sending you to a new school,' Dr. Mitchell summarized quite briefly a fact most appreciated by Lily. "'Oh,' Lily said, although she didn't really know what was wrong with the last one. Perhaps they'd caught on that she knew the experiment was really an experiment and was being moved so as not to disturb the results. okey I've no problem with that.' She must have missed something fairly important because things seemed even more tense and awkward in the room than before. She didn't remember telling Dr. Mitchell anything that horrendous. After all, she was an indentured servant. It wasn't like it was a big secret or anything.' If it hadn't been for Skinner's box and the gong of death, she'd still be living in the servants' quarters with the spiders and the flickering light bulb. And she was the one who still did most of the chores, so clearly she still hadn't worked off her debt. "'So we'd done here, then?' she asked when she felt the silence had extended itself to a ridiculous amount. She wouldn't know for quite some time that this meeting would be somehow more significant than the others. Lily wasn't moved to a new school. Uncle Vernon had flat-out refused, not that Lily really minded either way. She wasn't really interested in school, and she didn't think that a gifted one would be that much better than a regular one. Besides, if Wizard Lennon was right, then the Society of Glitch Manipulators would come for her on her 11th birthday anyway to regale her with stories of unicorns and leprechauns. For being so against some of the realities of his own culture, Wizard Lennon had taken that thought rather personally. For the following months, Lily went to school, was babysat by Mrs. Fig, visited Uncle Death, "'attended therapy with Dr. Mitchell "'and slowly but surely increased her collection of books "'by raiding neighborhood garage sales. "'The only real difference was the intensity "'with which Dr. Mitchell looked at her and asked her questions. "'He'd ask the usual stuff about school "'and her feelings about life in general, "'but some new ones would also occur, very specific ones. "'That bruise on your arm, Annie, "'do you remember where you got it?' "'According to Petunia, in the car rides over, "'she was never, ever supposed to tell "'when the bruises had been caused by Uncle Vernon.' She'd never said anything about the bruises caused by Dudley, though, and most of the bruises were caused by Dudley. At school, Dudley was perfecting his art of warfare by enlisting recruits to form an angry mob-like structure and chase after the crazy freak with sticks. Unfortunately for Dudley, he was doing this at the same time that he was cloning himself into a miniature Uncle Vernon. Round Dudley had become even rounder, and it was quite easy to wait him out if she climbed on the roofs of play structures. Sometimes, though, she'd be distracted talking to Wizard Lennon or planning her next means of transportation to reach Uncle Death, and he'd sneak up on her and get a few well-placed shoves in. Things didn't really present themselves until school was out, and Lily was back to her full-time job of working in the yard for the summer, pulling weeds and watering plants under the watchful eye of the overseer Aunt Petunia. It occurred seemingly at random. One moment, Lily was in Dudley's second bedroom, which she had claimed for herself, flipping through a book on psychology that might prove useful in the future. The next, Aunt Petunia was opening the door and screaming at her. What did you tell him? Lily blinked, looking up from the text to Aunt Petunia's tight and very frightened-looking face. She wondered if she had missed some context to go along with that sentence, because at the moment, she was grasping for names. The Dursleys didn't like non-responses or questions, though, so she'd have to come up with something. Maybe it was some sort of generic hymn, like what did she tell all of mankind, but she usually didn't talk to humanity as a general mass, so she came up with something on the spot. I told him that I'm Eleanor, daughter of James, destroyer of what? Appletunia looked too upset to even be fazed by that comment. The psychologist, you little brat! What lies have you been spouting to that psychologist? There was something about Dr. Mitchell that terrified Appletunia. Almost the same way that Wizard Lennon instinctively twitched at the thought of psychology in general, Aunt Petunia always seemed harsher and a little more afraid when Dr. Mitchell came up. Aunt Petunia had been twitchy in the hospital after finding Lily passed out in the cupboard almost dead. She had been terrified after Lily had visited Uncle Death at Mrs. Figg's, but the psychologist was worse than any of that to her for some reason. She was always giving Lily instructions about the psychologist, every single time she had a meeting without fail, the same rules over and over again of what not to mention, and a few more added in just to be safe. Her knuckles would become white on the wheel, and she wouldn't even look at Lily as she said these things. Lily didn't lie as a general rule, occasionally she would omit certain truths, but she wouldn't directly lie about anything. Dr. Mitchell wasn't really an exception, sure there was a lot she left out, but she didn't make up the things she told him either. I wouldn't be telling your aunt that if I were you. That's not exactly what she wants to hear, Wizard Lennon interjected with sagely advice. You see, when your aunt says lie here, yeah, what she really means is that what true facts have you told him about the situation? Like, for example, the fact that until a few months ago you were routinely locked up in a cupboard and starved like a dog. Wizard Lennon probably at a point She'd learned over the past couple of months that Wizard Lennon was very good at telling what people were thinking, much better than Lily was. It was a sort of hobby of his, look at a person and see what he thought they would do, to distract from the ever-growing boredom of being stuck in her own head without access to his precious revolutionary movement. She'd eventually visit his comrades, but she just wouldn't be doing it at the age of five. She'd wait at least until she was the respectable age of eight to wander through the wizarding ghettos of London. So, Lily thought to Wizard Lennon, still looking wide-eyed at her aunt, What should I tell her? Well, that's a bit of a thorny question, Lily, which Lennon said, and once again, she got the distinct feeling that this was a bit like watching a really boring television show for him, where he knew exactly what everyone was going to say and when, except for Lily herself. You see, Petunia Dursley realises now that she's in a bit of a pickle. Something you told that psychologist, probably the meeting with your family and Uncle Vernon's comments about your unnaturalness tipped him off to the fact that this may not be the most nurturing of environments. Combine that with the fact that a five-year-old has planned and attempted suicide multiple times, and he's piecing together a picture of a very dysfunctional family. After finding bruises multiple weeks in a row, some quite nasty, that he report are from your fat cousin, and the fact that your aunt and uncle seem to be doing everything in their power to keep you from being recognized as gifted. He probably felt he had justification to call in someone to inspect the situation more thoroughly. Now, I don't know the specifics, as it's been fifty years since I've had to pay attention to muckle nonsense like this, but I'm fairly certain that if they find enough evidence, they'll have you sent somewhere else, and possibly Dudley as well. Somehow, Lily didn't think that Wizard Lennon wanted her spouting all of that directly to Petunia. It didn't really seem like a good response, anyway, far too long and insulting to the Dursleys. "'What's that supposed to mean? It means, Lily, that you can say whatever the hell you want right now. Because no matter what it is, Aunt can't lock you in a cupboard to starve, or have you beaten within an inch of your life if someone is coming to check on your living conditions.' He sounded a bit exasperated by the end there, almost disappointed, as if he had hoped she would pay attention to that giant rambling thing he had just said—' "'Wizard Lennon was interesting, and she did spend most of her time talking to him about things like psychology, politics, communism, glitches, all the important things in life, but sometimes he wanted more. "'She also got the feeling that he was somewhat ashamed that he spent time talking to her, that he looked forward to talking to her and her responses, as if it was a slight to his ego that he should descend to this. "'Well, I didn't really lie, but I did admit a few minor details,' Lily said to her aunt after the long silence. Aunt Petunia stood there, looking like all her fears had been realized, and slammed the door in Lily's face. "'You're welcome?' Lily called after her. Later that day, walking down the stairs in the morning, she passed by the kitchen and heard Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon's harsh whispering voices. "'Dear God, Vernon, they're sending the NSPCC! The NSPCC, Vernon, do you know what that means?' "'We keep a roof over her head, don't we? We don't beat her. She gets fed.' We do everything fine, pet. They can't do nothing. Oh, I don't know, Vernon. If it wasn't for those damned people, my sister— We should never have taken her in. Even if they made us, we should never have done it. She doesn't belong here. They didn't say anything for a moment, either of them. Lily stalled outside the room, hardly daring to breathe, listening to the words. They? Who were they? They sounded a bit like a conspiracy, a bit like Big Brother. She wondered if they were trying to do surveillance on Wizard Lennon as he was the only revolutionary figure who could possibly interest the dreaded day. They somehow must know that he'd been hiding in her brain for the past four years. "'Lily, don't be an idiot,' was Wizard Lennon's harsh response. "'Believe me when I say there is no big brother, I would know. Now stop jabbering and pay attention. This could be important for us.' even for me, right?' Lily corrected for him. Sure, Wizard Lenin lived in her head, but he was kind of removed from the situation." "'Don't ask stupid questions.' "'Well, just be careful,' Aunt Petunia said carefully. "'It'll only be for a few hours. "'Give her instructions. "'Treat her like, "'Pretend she's Dudley for a few hours and not one of them. "'And then it'll be over, and they'll never come back.' "'Wait, so Lily was a part of the they?' "'She didn't remember being inducted into the secret police. "'She was beginning to have the feeling that Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon "'didn't know what they were talking about "'and were being overly dramatic to make up for their lack of understanding.' "'Probably a fair assessment, given your relatives.' Wizard Lennon agreed with her, but in a distracted tone. He was trying to figure out who the they were also. He seemed to have pieced it together, but his thoughts were clouded, so she couldn't make out what it was supposed to be. The only thing she managed to catch was a mob of people in ridiculously expensive and colorful bathrobes waving around very short sticks that made light appear. "'We should get her out of that quack's office. He's doing no one good.' Uncle Vernon said, which caused a sigh from Aunt Petunia. "'No, Vernon, we can't. Maybe in a bit. She hasn't done anything for a while, so maybe she's—' Here Lily could piece together the context they were probably talking about. Her visiting Uncle Death, which had been occurring every Sunday like usual, she'd just gotten a little better at her methods. After much researching and thinking she'd that mixing certain chemicals in a closed room with no air coming in and out was a very easy way to get things done, and that the attic worked perfectly.' No one missed some of the cleaning supplies under the sink, and if they did, they hadn't wondered about it, and so things had been working perfectly for months. Sometimes she spiced things up a little with a good old-fashioned hanging and sometimes suffocation with a plastic bag over her head, but she liked the chemical version the best so far. It was at this point she decided that this was all the interesting things Uncle Vernon and Annette Petunia had to say, so she waltzed into the kitchen and made her presence known for the round of daily tasks— One task Appertunia later took on herself was cleaning out the cupboard so that it appeared no one had ever lived there. She also purchased Lily new clothes, including dresses, which she'd never actually worn before, and stuffed them into Lily's drawers. All in all, she was a flurry of activity, so that by the time the social worker arrived, Lily's room looked like that of a second Dudley. Now, Appertunia told her and Dudley, when the nice lady from the government comes, I want you both to smile and Dudley to remember to say nice things to Ellie, and Ellie don't talk. "'And smile, everyone!' "'So Lily cheerfully smiled for an hour "'and didn't say anything except when prompted by a petunia "'while Dudley glumly sat in front of the television "'since he didn't like being told what to do "'even if it was only for a few hours. "'The social worker came, looked around, "'looked at some of the fading bruises on Lily's arms "'with a critical eye, and then left. "'Lily's conclusion after the whole affair was, "'Well, I think we passed inspection, folks.' "'At least Lily thought that at the time. "'Wizard Lennon did, too.' It had been a grand show of acting on all the players' parts, but Big Brother apparently disagreed. It was the middle of the night the next day. Ellie had been sleeping and conversing with Wizard Lennon. Her mind turned out to be very dynamic. It wasn't always a scary library. Today it was a beach that could be seen in any tropical postcard. She and Lennon were on the sand looking at the sunset. Wizard Lennon in a ridiculous amount of black and red clothing, considering the weather, and Lily in her normal Dudley-esque attire. "'Wizard Lennon must have been feeling bored or nostalgic or both "'because he was telling her about his life "'before he became a feared revolutionary. "'You know, I had a friend like you when I was very young,' "'he said distantly, his blue eyes not looking at her "'but reflecting the red light in the horizon. "'She even had your hair.' "'I thought you didn't have friends,' Lily interjected at this point, "'because Wizard Lennon had seemed to exude a feeling of lone wolfishness "'to her all the time.' "'You're right. Allow me to correct that statement. "'She was my only friend,' was it that said in that same tone, "'not seeming offended at all, which was a record for their conversations. "'Very intelligent and incredibly awkward. "'Could barely get through a conversation. "'But she was the only person I ever met who I came close to lacking. "'Lily felt she was a great conversationalist, "'not just with people on the physical plane— "'She could only really hold conversations with sentient beings, "'and she didn't know too many of those. "'How interesting. What happened?' "'Here, Wizard Lenin did turn towards her, "'looking somewhat exasperated but unsurprised, "'as if he was used to this feeling. "'What do you mean, what happened? "'Did something have to happen?' "'Well, she's not here, is she? "'Unless she's leading the great revolutionary movement in your stead, "'but wouldn't that offend you or something? "'I mean, it is your revolution,' Lily pointed out. "'imagining this mystery friend of Wizard Lennon "'who had Lily's hair and couldn't hold conversations. "'If you must know, she grew up, became very boring, "'and married a nearsighted idiot with terrible hair,' "'Wizard Lennon said rather shortly, "'before returning his attention to the sunset. "'Lily thought about that for a moment. "'So, you're saying I'm going to grow up and become boring "'and marry a near-sighted idiot with terrible hair. "'That really doesn't sound like me.' No, that's not what I'm saying, Lily. Someday, Lily, I hope that you'll learn how to talk to people without misrepresenting their words so utterly that it no longer resembles what they said in the first place, but I've never been said to be an optimist. You're a communist revolutionary, Lenin. That's pretty optimistic. Ah, of course. And when did I ever say I was a communist? She stared at him blankly. Of course, he'd never said it directly, but it was always heavily implied. Besides, he wore communist clothing every time she saw him, so he must be a communist. It was at this point that the noises started happening, causing both of them to look up. Lily had learned fairly early on that certain events were noticeable even on the inside of her head. They usually couldn't be subtle, but sometimes she could tell what was going on. It was the middle of the night, though, so she wasn't sure what it could be. Wizard Lenin's eyes narrowed as well. You'd best be going, for all we know, Dutters has finally decided to smother you in your sleep. She couldn't really see Dudley being capable of that, but she left anyway, opening her eyes to see a very strangely dressed man in a black, thin bathrobe with a stick aimed at her face. She'd heard about pedophiles, mostly from Wizard Lennon, who was the source of all her real knowledge, but she hadn't pictured them like this. "'What the hell?' she asked, and the man took a step backwards, his eyes widening in alarm. He was middle-aged and incredibly greasy, tall and thin— with a hooked nose and piercing black eyes. If death looked like a crow that became a man, then this was his mangy, garbage-eating cousin who lacked his magnificence. Severus Snape, you son of a bitch, was Wizard Lennon's rather confusing assessment of the situation. They stared at each other for a few moments, and Lily decided it was time to state the obvious. So, hi, you're in my room in the middle of the night. Are you Big Brother by any chance? Because my friend Lennon doesn't believe you really exist. That is not Big Brother, Nelly, it's something worse. "'Wizard Lantern said with a note of panic in his voice she'd never heard before. "'Now, Lenny, listen to me very carefully. "'You're going to stand up in a few seconds, "'and as far as you can tackle this man in the knees to throw him off balance. "'You're then going to do everything within your power "'to take that stick from his hand, everything. "'You must not let him hold on to the stick after that sprint past him, "'and down the stairs and out of the house, "'and we'll discuss what to do from there.' "'Lily tensed in the bed. "'Whatever this was, it was serious.' The man didn't seem too interested in chatting, and he seemed to be getting his resolve back, because the stick was once again raised to her eye level. "'Now, Lily!' Lily jolted out of the bed and jumped into the man's knees, causing him to topple backwards onto the floor. That part of the plan went swimmingly. Unfortunately, as she tried to reach the stick, he hit the back of her head with his other hand, and things became rather dizzy after that. Distantly, she thought she saw the stick in front of her, or several sticks, and she heard a mumbled, "'Obliterate, or obfuscate, but she couldn't make it out.' She'd wake up several hours later with a pounding headache and a raging Wizard Lennon in her head. What the hell? After that, Wizard Lennon decided to play twenty questions, but with facts from her life, asking what she remembered and what she didn't remember. When it seemed everything was in order, he appeared to give a sigh of relief. It appears you're immune to more than just the killing curse, but memory charms as well. Probably because I'm still present. I'm sure it muddles up the arithmetic. Memory charms? She asked, rubbing her head and getting up from the floor and wandering over to the window. Yes, that was a wizard, and it appears he was sent here to make sure you didn't remember something. He didn't give a specific, which probably meant he didn't know, so she didn't press for details. Instead, she wandered downstairs to find out what she was doing that day. She'd find out what she had been supposed to forget later that week when preparing to go to therapy. When she'd asked Opportunity to start driving, Opportunity had just stared at her blankly, then angrily, and asked, What nonsense are you talking about, girl? And what are you doing out of the cupboard? According to Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon, everything that year hadn't happened. Lily hadn't been caught visiting Uncle Death, had never been taken to Dr. Mitchell's, and most importantly, had never been given the second bedroom for lodgings. After a few sessions of the gong of death in Skinner's house, she remedied that small fact, but it still left her feeling disturbed. So, she said later to Wizard Lennon, it's like it never happened in the first place. Well, that's what Obliviate does. He paused for a moment and then added, "You know, Lily, you would know a lot more of what wizards are capable of if you visited Diagon Alley." Can't you just tell me that? Well, I can tell you some, like I can tell you that man's name, but unfortunately, I can't tell you who he works for unless we get to Diagon Alley. I assumed he worked for Big Brother. If you want to learn anything, you're going to have to go to Diagon Alley." And so a few weeks later, when her relatives were suitably distracted, Lily found herself in Diagon Alley, attempting to see Big Brother's true face for herself. For the full text of this and other stories by the same author, visit the AO3 page of The Carnivorous Muffin. Intro music licensed from Pond5.